And we're back. Welcome to Real Lucha Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Lawrence. And this is Miguel. And we're here to bring to you another episode of Break Breaking Down AEW Dark. We're doing episode 81, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We like to keep it like Prince Debito. And that means real. So let's get into our real gimmick, the breakdown. Welcome to the AEW Dark episode 81 breakdown. As always, Excalibur and Taz are on commentary. First match begins the night with Chaos Project versus Dark Order. I thought you always saved the best for last. Anyways, Alex and John win the match with a Dark Destroyer onto Serpentico. Second match is Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs versus SCU. The ring general takes the match with the best moonsault ever. Third match is Miranda Alize versus Penelope Ford. The super bad girl lands a picture-perfect fisherman suplex for the win. For match number four, we see Adam Priest Jake St. Patrick and Baron Black versus Gun Club. Them gum boys tell their opponents to suck it as 310 to Yuma takes it. Fifth match is Dante Martin versus Jack Evans. The young blood lands a 450 to go over the old guard. Sixth match is Brian Cage versus Brandon Cutler for the FTW Championship. This main event matchup has the Swolverine beating the Dragon with the Drill Claw! Seventh match is Ashley Vox versus Alex Gracia. The real catch forces the tap out out of the pink dream with the fish hook submission. Eighth match is Seth Gargas and Barry Morales versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. The Concrete Rose and the Bad Boy pull off a reverse DDT split out combo onto Seth FTW. For match number nine, number nine, we number got nine. JD Drake versus Fuego del Sol. The big guy finally comes out to his own music, a create a wrestler no longer. Shoutouts to Drew McIntyre, Carl Anderson, Roderick Strong, and all elite Red Velvet as JD beats Sol with a single leg drop kick. Tenth match is Sean Dean versus QT. Cody's friend takes a bite out of the captain with a diamond cutter. Eleventh match is Jasmine Allure versus The Bunny. The new member of the Matt Hardy brand finally gets a match again in AEW and makes the most of it as she makes Allure go down the rabbit hole. Twelfth match is Carly Bravo, Brick Aldridge, and Dean Alexander versus Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. The OG members of the Dark Order go back to their Super Smash Brothers days and pull out the fatality onto Bravo for the win. 13th match is Angel Fashion and D3 versus Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo. Impressive showing by the Nightmare family and especially Solo as he gets his first pinfall after a cross-arm pedigree to Angel. 
Now for the 14th match and closing bout of the evening, we have John Schuyler versus Cesar Bononi. Although not technically labeled the main event of the show, it is in our hearts. We have South Carolina versus Sao Paulo represented here. The hard hitting starts with Cesar as he clotheslines John. Not gonna lie, this is all Brazil as he follows up with a hip toss and a spinning choke. As Pretty Peter newly anoints him, beautiful Benoni lands a stalling Olympic slam for the one, two, three. Yeah, so this, I, I'm a little confused here, right? Because what are you confused about? Because we have our main event, right? We had Cesar Benoni take out John Schuyler. That was the closing match of the night. But was that really the main event? I don't know because the real main event. I don't think so. I feel like the real main event was. Brian Cage versus Brandon Cutler. Yeah, that, that was more of the slobber knocker of the night for me. For the FTW title. And it's not that necessarily that was even the best match, which was a great match. We have, like I told Miguel, we had some bangers tonight Hell in yeah. episode 81 of Dark. But uh, that's the one that I heard uh, our, you know, one of our favorite commentators, Taz, yeah. proclaim as the main event. I'm not <laughs> sure if there was some Team Taz bias. But I think for, you know, because we kind of do we kind of do the breakdown in post. I'm just going to yeah. spit it out there. <laughs> so I think for now, I'm just going to keep it like, okay, the closing match was the main event. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 whatever. I, I think uh, the that wasn't the, our true main event, but it was a closing matchup. And hey, it's going to be kind of cool to hear uh, maybe Pre- Pretty Peter's a theme to end the cast for the for the night or the breakdown for the night. For once. Pretty Peter is going on to do great things. Or at least he should be. Agreed. So usually it's very difficult to find out which matches we want to highlight. Right? Because we always pick three. But I think it's very simple in this case. Because like I said, we had some great matches. And I know for a fact of at least a few that uh, Miguel wants to go in before we even discuss this. So I have to start off with the first match being Chaos Project versus Dark Order. That's right. Dark Order's three and four versus uh, Luther and Serpentico, right? So we get a back body drop by four to Serpentico, an uppercut by four to Serpentico, a double drop toe hold and stereo drop kicks by three and four to Serpentico, a running elbow an uppercut by uh, Reynolds onto Luther, an inside-out gut punch by Reynolds onto Serpentico, a clothesline, and a bailey-to-belly uh, by Luther to Reynolds. Uh, Luther picks up Serpentico and rams him into three, you know, like their typical offense. And uh, we have a diving moonsault to a standing Luther by Reynolds, a huge toss uh, twice by Silver onto Serpentico, a German by Silver onto Luther, a lawn dart by Silver to Serpentico, 
into Luther and Enziguri by Silver, he who effortlessly tra- transitions into a German onto Serpentico with a bridge, and then a super kick by Serpentico onto Silver. Luther picks up Serpentico, hits Silver with his foot, and then slams Serpentico on top of him. We get a rolling elbow strike and a tope suicida by Reynolds onto Luther. Uh, We get Silver's patented kick combo onto Serpentico, a boot drop kick by uh, combo by the Dark Order onto Serpentico, and then the Dark Destroyer by three and four to Serpentico that ends the match. And this is just uh, a case of two real teams going at it and giving us a great show. What do you think? Thoughts? Uh, so, ba- so I got to be honest here. For me, I mean, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, I've never been a massive fan of three and four personally. Yeah, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, yes. Yeah, actually, Silver on his own, I like. The Meat Man, you're a big yeah, fan of the Meat yes, Man? Yes, the Meat Man on his own. And Chaos Project, the only thing I like about him is that Luther uses Serpentico as a weapon. That's really all I like about I, I think Serpentico should go on his own eventually because I think he has a lot more to give in, in singles competition. Um, but who knows? I mean, I, I could be wrong in that the, who, they, probably may, may, who knows? There might be future champs one day, tag champs. Uh, but like, yeah, I think this is a great, this is a great opening match. Um, the chaos project for, uh, three and four it's because they're, um, they're actually for dark for, they're actually solid. They're good teams, but they're, they're not, they're not the top teams of AEW, at least not at this point. Uh, I mean, yeah, Definitely, it was, yeah. yeah, it was like, it was a uh, good to see, but I gotta be honest. It's like, this was like, yeah, like I said, good opener match, but it's also a bit of a filler match in the sense that I was waiting like for other matches of the night. Such as, you know, uh, Jack Evans and uh, Dante Martin and the main event. Yeah, I'm sur- I'm surprised you say that because uh, really you hit the nail on the coffin. Uh, those other two matches are really the other ones that I have to give a lot of praise to. But, I mean, this one I, I just have to show some love because uh, so many times we do get like an opening match from Dark. And it, it's, it's, you know, how I like to... Uh, call some of the dark all-stars versus like you know the more main event guys and this one is an even matchup it starts off the night hot and i gotta i gotta show some respect hideo atami style to these four gentlemen for giving us a great show anyways we move on to the unicorn promo of the night right it's very rare to get any promos on dark so we get one with backstage, Alex Marvez and SCU. Uh, they are ranked number one, but all the talk is on Ray and Pac being number one contenders, is what Marvez says. CD says, who cares? The rankings matter in AEW. And Kaz says they are willing to sacrifice everything to be tag champs. So that's what I want to hear from SCU. I'm glad they gave them some mic time because we don't get to see a lot of that from them, to be honest. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but yes, yes, you are so correct, right? <laughs> we have to get in to these big time matches. I'm trying to look at my notes where we got into the uh, really a, a, a tale of different generations, right? Uh, 
Jack Evans versus Dante Martin, the hybrid two versus top flight, right? Two, one member of each going toe to toe. And I'm trying to look up which match it was. It was the fifth match, match of the night. night. So I'm going to go into real quick uh, some of the action that we see on this one. We get uh, three arm drags by uh, Dante. We get a 450 whiff by Dante, but lands on his feet regardless. And Jack Evans lands the corkscrew kick. We get a toss out of the ring by Dante. An inside out clothesline by Dante. A hurricanrana by Dante, a springboard moonsault, and... Yeah, Dante's uh, on fire in this match. Yeah, this is a spot of the night qualifier. Mm, is it a spot? I think so. It's Dante... Uh, so, Jack Evans Irish whips Dante into the railing and the outside, yeah. but Dante does a front flip over the guardrail. And that's very impressive. That's a lot harder than it looks. Ladies and gentlemen, so I think I was very impressed by that for for one because he it was he was moving and he literally completely cleared it with a front flip. But um, from there, like then you uh, you know uh, Dante takes it home with a destroyer uh, to the outside onto Evans and a four fifty splash to end it. And man, I I, for, sick. I forgot if it, I believe it was Excalibur, right? I yeah. mean, who else? Um, just saying that really Jack Evans is one of the best high flyers ever. And he's like, you know, so he has a wealth of experience and he's facing the young gun, Dante Martin, right? The youngest brother of top flight. And I can't, to be honest, I'm very shocked that Dante took this win. Yeah. I mean, I was actually, unfortunately I, I wasn't too shocked. I was surprised. But I wasn't too shocked that, uh, Dante won because Jack Evans he's he goes he's he's been going over a few times this past uh month or, or two but over these past couple years he just seems he racks up a lot of losses whether it's by himself or he's tagged with Angelico and which is like which is like most most of the reason why every time I we bring up well not every time but a lot of times we bring up Jack Evans or I bring up Jack Evans I'm like oh like I, there was a dread in my voice not but not because I dislike I love Evans and, but because he loses a lot of matches and doesn't go over as much as I think he should you know especially a, you know a veteran like him um, a guy with his talents uh, so like that's why I wasn't too sh- shocked that. Dante won this match, right? Unfortunately, and, for me, and uh, I think maybe I'd be a little bit more outspoken, like my uh, brother over here. But the thing is, is that in the sense that Jack Evans isn't really going over that much uh, at all at in AEW and even in Lucha Underground, right? Yeah, no, he wasn't. But if I if I had known nothing about him, I probably wouldn't like have other than his. You know his introductory dance moves. I probably wouldn't have like thought of. I wouldn't have noticed that he was an elite high flyer. Probably. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So I I think I, I the the biggest difference is that I can appreciate that Jack is getting a lot of like TV time on really like on all the shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has been. I don't now. I'm starting to forget if he's actually been on uh, Elevation at, uh, in these past two episodes that they've had. Our first, you know, their first two ever. But uh, dark and. Uh, Dynamite, he's getting some love, some TV time. So I'm, I'm very excited for him about that. So 
the next match, one I was very excited to see, an actual title match on Dark. That's another unicorn right there. We don't get that a lot. But the, the last match we wanted to, you know, sum up for you guys, kind of talk a, a little bit more analysis on was the sixth match of the night. Brian Cage versus Brandon Cutler for the FTW Championship. We get a springboard twisting crossbody countered into a slam by Cage, a roundhouse by Cutler, a roundhouse faint into an enziguri by Cutler, a tope suicida and springboard crossbody by Cutler, a pump handle driver by Cage. Very cool because I'm not sure if I've ever seen that. A pump kick by Cutler. But that's kind of uh, no-sold by Cage and immediately goes to a super kick from there. We get an avalanche sunset powerbomb by Cutler. A springboard elbow strike by Cutler. And a springboard elbow drop by Cutler. So Cutler getting in a lot of offense against the big guy, the man, the machine, the Swolverine. Diving blockbuster uh, by Cutler is countered into the drill claw to end the the match, mm-hmm. and uh, as fun and as good of a match that was, and I'm so happy for two contract Cutler uh, getting some love, getting some offense in against this big guy, this guy you know, this dynamite worthy talent, which is Cage, and uh, Br- uh, Brandon even showing up on Dynamite himself uh, in in the last one we saw, right? And uh, I'm very happy for him. And I think as as interesting as that match was, to get back to my point, uh, it was very interesting hearing Taz and Ricky Starks on commentary because they were very <laughs> they were very you know playing the story line of everything is not okay with Team Taz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, problems a little bit, a little bit of trouble in paradise for Team Taz at the moment. Uh, you could tell there was a lot of underlying. Uh, you know, attention there, and they're trying their. I mean, they, they were trying their best to kind of hide it, but it was it was very clear that they're having issues. That started with uh the previous dynamite where we already saw where Brian Cage, um, much to the chagrin of Team Taz, was uh, praised the hell out of Sting, call, hailing him as like an icon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is cool. I I, re- I really want to see. Uh, what is happening with this potential uh, face turn, right, by Cage? This potential breakup of Team Taz. Uh, we'll we'll see. We're, this is obviously leading to something. This isn't the Fed where we're gonna uh, make a storyline and literally completely drop it, right? <laughs> Especially when it's getting some momentum. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, some of our stuff. I know we usually go into uh, line of the night, taunt of the night, and spot of the night. But I was uh, talking it over with uh, my broski over here, and we're kind of thinking that we should switch it up. Uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, we're, we're not experts. We're not. Uh, we don't have this thing. Maybe a little bit. But yeah, we don't have this uh, the complete idea of what we want to do for the pot. I mean, if you look at it the way we've been proceeding, we do actually have, um, you know, uh, some. I think some relatively uh, good uh, structure. But uh, for this, you know, sometimes we like to, uh, for stuff like this, we kind of like to see where we can go with uh, changing up 
certain things, certain dynamics. So I think we were discussing about maybe going into a top spot of the night, which is, you know, a spot, you know, this is, if it, I was thinking about another name for this podcast as uh, Planet of the Spot Monkeys, <laughs> because I, I am so about like all these big time moves and and That's spots. That's a pretty sweet name. That I yeah, be opposed, too opposed to that. Uh, spots that like you know yeah. these 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 wrestlers do. They put their bodies on the line, and as much as story and comedy and all that stuff is uh, important, and rest holds and whatnot. That Luthes style of wrestling, as as important as all that is, I am. In it, I am in wrestling for the spot, so I appreciate all the things that these guys do, especially these big spots. Um, so, uh, yeah, big spot of the night. Uh, this is a little harder. I didn't know uh, another name for it, so right now it's a working name, and I actually think it's quite fitting at the moment, at least, that we're going to call it the work of the night, which is kind of what line and taunt is. Basically, anything that's not a move, like this big, uh, uh, not a big, but our favorite uh, line or taunt or anything in the segment that has a, that's like character driven of the night that will be the work of the night for now maybe we'll change the name of it maybe we'll go back to doing line and taunt and then we'll do you know something that i don't know maybe i thought we were kind of missing uh at match of the night what was our uh, one of you know what was our favorite matches of the night so you know another three of the nights for you right there uh, i guess let's go to our you know, the one that we're still continuing, the top spot of the night. Miguel, do you have one for us at the moment? Uh, yeah, it was actually, believe it or not, it was uh, Dante Martin's 450. Because it was the first time I had seen him do a 450. And he actually did it pretty well. He, did, he had a good flow time. He did it better than, I think he did it better than most people who do the 450 who aren't Jack Evans, Ricochet, Will Ospreay, and, and Pac. So like you know he did it better than like uh you, you know like Jeff like the Hardys like you know Jeff Hardy even does it um he, yeah he just he did it better than your typical guy who does the four fifty I feel like because uh but he the guy's like what nineteen twenty and yeah he just he didn't seem like he had was faulty in his movement as he was doing it okay. So it's so funny that you mentioned uh, Dante Martin because I was very close to um, putting because Dan- that was also that was also my match of the night. So I was I was putting uh, uh Dante Martin as potentially my spot of the night not with the 450 but actually uh what when he does uh, a springboard into uh technically another springboard right when he's in the corner does a springboard jumps off uh springboards on and lands onto another uh uh top rope and then does a moonsault from there i think uh, that is very cool it kind of gives me a little bit of um tony nice vibes maybe yeah right yeah, kind of like that saying. triangle moonsault but uh i also uh, man i just want to give so many people uh some shout outs right uh bunny right uh, this is uh bunny's first matchup against uh, jasmine allure and she did uh down the rabbit hole which is uh the eye of the hurt you know that's a common finisher but the fact that she has a finisher uh, was pretty cool and I, I always liked that right Finn Balor does that to this day uh, Shane Helms used to do it it was used to, he used to call it Eye of the Hurricane even Big Show used to uh, have it I think he used to call it like the final cut or whatnot and you know Paul White he's in the business Paul so White. all these guys I want to give but I think the person I want to give spot of the night right my love for spot monkeys my love for the ring general is gonna come out 
as I'm going to give my top spot to the fallen angel himself, Christopher Daniels, CD, as he landed the best Munsal ever. He's been doing the best Melter ever, which is basically the same thing, but uh, he got some solo love when he was able to pull out the best Munsal ever, the yeah. BME. Yeah. And uh, that thing's uh, that that thing's a thing of beauty, and that's the reason why they call it the best moon salt ever. So that's my top spot of the night. Do you have a top work of the night? Which one's that? Top work of the night is anything that was character driven, any line, any taunt, and anything that wasn't oh. a big, anything that wasn't a move, a submission hold, a slam, anything that's not okay. That. The bunny, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. I, I love her so much, not for reasons not for reasons you one might think. I just think she's hilarious. Her, her, her laugh and just like some of her, like her movement she does is hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, because at one point when she was when Allure um threw her against the um the turnbuckle, uh. She paused, like Allure herself paused, like cause she threw her there, so she thought that. But um, the bunny reversed it, uh, like meaning like she didn't crash, she didn't let herself crash to the turnbuckle. Then then I guess Allure looked like she needed to take, catch her breath, cause like you know she was looking away f- um, from the bunny for a little, you know, a while, and like you know like just kneeling down a bit, like with her knee- hands on her knees, like you know trying just catching the breath. Then when she turns around, you see the bunny like do like this like very innocent wave to her. You know, with a, very, with a very plain look on her face. That, see, that has been that. It's it's cool they say that because yeah, that's what Bunny has been. She hasn't. She really was wrestling more so in the beginning of her AEW career, but now she's really has to get into like these character moments because that's who she is. Like she's a manager, and that's how she's gonna stand out, right? With with stuff like that, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, of course, like that laugh. Like I just. Uh, it, it, for she's just, it's just too funny for me. I don't know. Like I don't know if like the you guys out there think it's find it funny or just entertaining. But yeah, it's funny because it's entertaining. It's entertaining, so it's also funny for me that she does that. <laughs> you just got, especially when she does it for Butcher Blade. You just while they're whooping ass in a match, you just hear her laugh in the background. Damn it, dude. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna. Okay, I I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Austin Gunn. Uh, for my work of the night, because I thought it was, I think um, you know, every time we see Gun Club, who is a stable of, a staple of uh, Dark, right? We we see uh, a mix of all three of them, right? Uh, Gun and his, you know, Billy and his two sons, but Austin to me is really the one who's the standout, and you would think it would be Billy because of all of his time and you know him being a WWE Hall of Famer. You know, being part of DX, you would think that he would be the one that's shining. But I think Austin Gunn Maybe is... he's intentionally not shining and for I think, his boy. And I think that's great because I, th- I really do think Austin Gunn is the standout of the three at the moment. And uh, I kind of wanted to give some love to him. And he's just... Uh, he's going really ham with his uh, gun taunts. Right? Like, he's yeah, like, bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. Like, he's like really going Just like revolver. his dad when he was younger. <laughs> so, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that gimmick. I kind of I kind of want to see him come out to like a Clint Eastwood, like a poncho and like sombrero kind of thing, <laughs> right? I think that'd be cool. You know, maybe like a Red Dead Redemption kind of uh, outfit would be kind of kind of fun, right? Uh, so, yeah. But I think, 
I need to get my work of the night to <laughs> to Ricky Starks and uh, Ricky Starks in particular, but also to uh, Taz because I think they're really laying in some good uh, some good commentary, right? And you might miss it, right? If you're not watching Dark, if you're not following everything that is AEW, and you're only watching Dynamite or maybe the pay per views, you might miss like this uh, tension that they're trying to build up between the team, right? And uh, Ricky Starks in particular was really kind of getting on Cage's case this whole match against. Yeah, the... yeah, it was. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my top work of the night to Ricky and Taz. Um, match of the night you mentioned already. You want to really quickly uh, just say what it is? Yeah, it was a Dante Martin and Jack Evans match because Jack Evans just did what he usually does effortlessly. Does his high flying stuff. He could go from. Zero to eleven effortlessly, which I which is what I love about him. And of course, Dante really shined here. He he uh, showed that he has proved he could prove himself as a singles competitor with all his moves he was doing. He was pulling that moves out of that out of his hat that I didn't know he could do. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, well said, and thank you for picking that match because I really needed uh, some of these matches to to be picked right. And uh, I am gonna pick. As much as I want to pick Cutler and Cage, because I'm big fans of both, right? Shoutouts to uh, Cutler's um, uh, gaming channels on YouTube and Twitch, right? Uh, that's really cool. I suggest people check that out. But I will uh, give it to the first match. I, I really liked uh, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Luther, and Serpentico. They all worked very well together. And I thought they had an awesome standout match just to be the night and that's such a rare thing in dark so yeah thank you so much uh you know the four of you you get my match of the night and it's well deserved in my opinion that does it for us here at real lucha uh thanks for tuning in please watch aew dark tuesdays on youtube so thanks again give me a two sweet ski thanks for everything man. later Lucha! Lucha.